Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. It's such a strange thing that that is what is said at this Mass. And consistently, every year, this is one of the most packed Masses. It's almost like we want to hear that. But it's such a strange thing. As I say that to people, I think, like, how are they not slapping me? I'm calling them dust. Like, that, that sounds like an insult, but it speaks to something that we know deep in our hearts. One thing that it speaks to is the second part. To dust you shall return. We recognize that. We try to ignore it. We try to distract ourselves from it. But then someone in our family passes on, or one of our friends, or we see something in the news, or we hear of war, and we realize, I only have this one life to live. I'm not going to be here forever. To dust I shall return. How am I living? I got one shot. One chance to live this life. How am I spending it? But also the first part. That not only to dust I shall return, but that I am dust. What does that mean? Sometimes we might read it wrong. We might think that means I'm insignificant. That means I mean nothing. No. You know what that means? That means that the God who can make something great out of dust can make something great out of you. That beautiful creation story, that poem that described the order of the universe showed God creating everything out of nothing and out of dust creating something in his very image and likeness. And so out of a handful of dust, he could have created anything in the universe and he decided to create you. Stop and think about that for a second. God could have done anything. He could have created anybody, and he chose to create you, you specifically. You, with all of your faults, all of your shortcomings, all of your quirks, weird little you, he created out of unspeakable love. We might say, okay, yeah, that's fine, but he created me good. Okay, I can take that. But Father, I've made a mess in my life. You you just don't know what I've been through, what I've done, the self-inflicted wounds. You don't know how much I look at myself and I actually hate myself. Well, that's where we have hope. When I hear that I am dust, I realize the God who created man out of dust can recreate the dust that is me. Right? He can do something wonderful in me. And that's the whole point of Lent. It's not just our annual diet. It's not just that time for us to kind of be somber for a little bit, maybe make a good confession, but you know, that's about it. No, it's our time to let God recreate us, to give him all that we are. See, that's the beautiful thing in that first reading where it says, even now, says the Lord, return to me with your whole heart. He doesn't say, give me the good stuff, but leave the bad behind. He says, give me all of it. Give me the doubts, the frustration. Give me those prayers that might even sound a little something like, God, if you're still there. Right? He even wants those prayers. He wants our whole heart exactly as it is so that he can recreate something out of that dust. So that he can make of us those people that we long to be. Because we don't want to just have this existence where we drift along wherever the culture will take us. That we don't stand for really anything in particular. We don't ever live up to any potentials because we don't dare to dream of being great. 
Now, I think deep down in our hearts, every single one of us wants to be able to look in the mirror and say, you know what? I stand for something. Even though sometimes I fall, even though I'm not perfect, I'm willing by the grace of God to be perfected. I'm willing to fight battles. I'm willing to stand for truth and love. I am willing to become more than I have been up to this point. And that's why we have this season. As an opportunity for the God who created you to recreate you. To give him our whole hearts, everything that's going on in our messy lives and say, God, you created order out of chaos. You created something out of nothing. You created man out of dust and you can create something beautiful out of this mess that I feel I am right now. The beautiful thing is that God made you in his image and likeness. Right? Image and likeness of God the creator. You know what that means? He wants you to co-create with him. He doesn't want you to just passively say like, all right, do something in me. I'm just going to like sit on the couch eating Cheetos. No, he wants you to actively participate in your recreation. And that takes the form of a battle. That beautiful collect that we had, that prayer at the beginning of Mass where I said, Grant, O Lord, that we may begin with holy fasting this campaign of Christian service, so that as we take up battle against spiritual evils, we may be armed with weapons of self-restraint. That made it clear. There's a battle going on for your soul. You've been taken captive. But God's telling you how to fight your way back. He's saying, I, I, I have already gone behind enemy lines. Right? That's what he did in the incarnation. He came and he said, I will take all of the fire on me. Right? I will take the greatest punishments on myself out of love for you. But I don't want to do all of this for you. Even though this salvation is a free gift, it's a gift that you can only unpack through living it out. Through actually striving to participate. And so we have Lent. The disciplines of Lent, those weapons of self-restraint, are for us to be able to fight alongside Jesus for our freedom. Because over the course of the year, we get ensnared, we get enslaved to so many little things. And all those little chains that chain us to this world, to our insecurity, to our fear, to the opinions of others, to our love of comfort, to our uh, maybe turning in on ourselves and only ever seeing the world as if it revolved around us. All of those chains, they might seem small, but one after the other after the other ends up weighing us down, chaining us to this world, making us prisoners of so many things. And God says, I want you to be free. I made you to be free. I'm going to fight for your freedom. Will you fight alongside and so as we think of what disciplines we're going to embrace, we realize we have a God who can recreate us just as surely as he created us the first time. We have a God who, mar who just loves the idea of us so much that he's willing to fight for us. Will we let him recreate us? Will we fight alongside him? Will we embrace our disciplines in such a way that they're not just external things, but they're ways for us to be recreated, to receive freedom, and to be able to live as that which he calls us to be, right? The second reading said it, be ambassadors of Christ. 
as if God were appealing through you. Right? God himself became dust for love of us. Right? He took on human flesh. Will we journey with him this Lent out of love for him? See, one last thing is that all throughout this gospel today, each little section ended with, and your father who sees in secret, and your father who sees what is hidden, right? The, the whole thrust of what Jesus is saying is don't do stuff just for the externals. Do stuff, prayer, fasting, almsgiving, do that so that I can recreate you. Do that so that you can draw closer to me. Do that so that you can participate in the fight for your freedom, But then when he says, your father who sees in secret, usually when we hear that, we think, oh no, he's got the dirt on me. But rather, what he means there is, he sees your struggle. He sees what you've been going through. He sees how tough it is to live this Christian life in a very non-Christian world. And so he's on your side. He wants to give you the strength to live a good Lent, to make a good confession this year. To be able to give everything that's been holding you back, every chain that has been bounding you to this world, to give it to the Lord. To fight for that freedom every single day of this Lent through prayer, your connection with God. Through fasting, whatever discipline you take on, whatever thing you might give up, whatever no you say to yourself. And then through almsgiving, the way that you serve, giving of your time or of your treasure, of your talent for the sake of others. So that through those three weapons of self-restraint, you can participate in that battle that's already been won by Christ on the cross. And come the great victory of Easter, you can realize you fought bravely for 40 days and you've claimed that victory that Christ has always wanted to give you.